0: Hi, and welcome to Health, Wealth, and the Pursuit of Happiness, a podcast that will empower you to live a more inspired life and find real freedom. Each episode, Mark Dale Mazer and Aries Jimenez discuss best life practices, covering topics ranging from health and well-being, to true wealth and our relationship to money, to understanding what real freedom and happiness really is. They provide tools and a system for helping you live a balanced, authentic life in complete harmony with your mind,
1: body, and soul. Aries. Mark. Welcome to Health, Wealth, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Glad to be here. Another beautiful sunny day in San Diego. In mid-November, I might add. And that being an ex-Chicagoan, I like. <laughs> and so, welcome to our listeners in podcast land. We're very excited that you are joining us today for another hopefully very spirited conversation around one of these constructs as outlined in psychology today. If you've been following the last few episodes, we've started out exploring the concept of self-worth. Self-worth is a really significant construct that supports our well-being, and we explored, in general, what self-worth is to us as human beings, or shall I say spiritual beings living in a human body, And what it also means to each of us and how we have each dealt with and really looked at our own self-worth and how maybe some of us, like myself at times, struggle with self-worth. And hopefully that was very helpful. And then we took a stab at one of the other 14, which we thought was also very relevant to well-being, which is congruency and living in alignment with who you truly are both the true nature of your spiritual side and sort of who you are in your persona, your physical side, and living in this human body in this physical plane. Today is the third that we think is at the top of the list, and that is on the subject of acceptance. So to my great researcher across the desk from me <laughs> in our studios, and the great question asker. I know that you were the one originally doing this research. And yeah. So what do you have as the actual definition of acceptance as expressed by the psychology today, folks?
2: So in the article, com, acceptance is defined as accepting yourself the way you are. Okay. And, you know, I think that's a very it's a very broad and very general definition. I mean one of the things that I think about some follow up questions is I mean do we start with who are you first or or what are you?
1: Yeah. Who are we accepting and what are we accepting? Yeah.
2: Because I think everyone's answers to those two questions, who are you or what are you are going to be a little bit different. Right? So how would you how would you answer that question, Mark? Like who are you?
1: Who am I? Yeah. Well, at a base, very basic level, I'm a spiritual being in a human body. And for me, that means two things. One is I do have my spiritual self, what I call my true nature, what I call the real essence of who I am. Uh, and that's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the entire lifetime of my existence as Mark Dale Maser in this body of five feet, seven inches. and <laughs> thinning hair so that's me and the physical part of me and all of us in my belief is that we have this persona we have an ego so my persona and ego is defined by who i am by name where i was born where i came from my lineage and those that preceded me that i have some construct of their dna okay that is my physical self and it's very much a part of my everyday life, obviously. And the magic, I think, for us, I don't to say the magic, but I, I would say that the, the key for us to live a life of well-being is having a really deep understanding of really who we are. And it puts things in a really appropriate framework, an appropriate context. I mean, if you have an image of who you are that isn't really lining up with what really is true for the universe, then you can kind of find yourself kind of bobbling around, and 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 not that you can't have a good life, but having lived a good portion of my life with somewhat of a spiritual awareness, but not really necessarily in alignment, and having gone through my life without really strong intention of living according to who I am, and living congruently with who I am, I did a lot of bouncing around, and it's been a great life, but I can tell you that living with congruency and with an understanding of who I truly am and why I'm here has grounded me in a way that I've never had before. And I've been deep in Judaism and I've been deep in Christianity and I've been deep in Buddhism and Eastern thought. And as you know, I practice meditation. I do these other things, kundalini yoga, regular yoga, the whole Now yards as a daily and regular practice to help really ground me and help me better understand who I am and connect me to myself. And so that has been a major bump for me in my well-being is knowing those things and using these practices to deepen that knowing. And I can't recommend that more for any other human being because it will take you places that you have not been before.
2: You answer the question, who are you? Does it change
1: if you reframe it in terms of what are you? I don't know if it really does, but that's an interesting question. I'd have to really, I'd have to explore that. At first glance, it feels that I would answer the question the same way. The what is to me more related to probably what I would do.
2: Like how you describe yourself?
1: perhaps
2: like you'd mentioned your five, seven and some change. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else? I mean, comma,
1: dot, Yeah. Dot, what dot. am I? Yeah. I mean, I could take the definition of the what and break it down into sort of what makes up the, who I am is one way that I might better approach the question. That seems more reasonable to me. And so the what would probably go into detail about, well, what constitutes a spiritual being? What constitutes a human being? Well, all of us know what constitutes a human being because we see each other in this human context every day. So it's a physical form. We have five senses. We navigate in the world through our five senses. We have a brain. We have a heart. We have the ability to think. We have the ability to feel. We have the ability to intuit. And so this all makes up our physical existence and our feelings lead us. And then the other aspect, really, not so much on a feeling standpoint, but in terms of how we relate to one another. So we relate in a friendship way, in a lover's way, in a collegial way. We do things together, all different types of things. And we interface with each other, which I find is kind of when you deconstruct it, a pretty fascinating phenomenon, and then how we relate to each other is really interesting. We use language, and yet there are how many languages on Earth, so if you were, which you are, of Filipino descent, so if you were to speak to me in the language. Tagalog. Thank you, how was it, Tagalog? (laughs) Yeah, Tagalog. So if you were to converse to me in Tagalog, I I wouldn't know what the heck you're saying. I would have to go deep into your eyes and see if I had some sense of at least the concept that you're trying to convey, whether it's good or bad, or whether it's painful. <laughs> my, or, my gestures, or tone just, of right, voice. exactly. I'd have things. to just guess that you're moving towards something. But I really wouldn't know. So we have this language thing that I find is really interesting that t- kind of makes up the what of the human being existence.
2: As you were speaking, one of the things I thought about was accepting yourself for the the way you are. And like you'd mentioned, we are... Different as it relates to certain things. And one of the things that has really helped me when I think about acceptance for my my own self is you know, I talk about some of these assessments that we've done. And specifically what came to mind for me was the book that's out there called The Five Love Languages. Oh yeah. Right. And so accepting yourself in terms of how you how you receive love Mm -hmm. as well as how you you know, how you give love, right? And in, in specific to, to the five love languages, like my my love language is quality time. Right. And I don't know if I don't know if my bottom one was gift giving. So naturally, like I show people love by just spending time with them. Wanting to hang out, whether it's just being around each other, right? And so but by knowing that, it's kind of helped me Again, just realize the way I am. So, when it comes to, say, gift giving as an example, like when it comes to parties, like I'm just not the one that's gonna go to the store and find a gift for someone. Like, if anything, it kind of stresses me out. <laughs> like, you know I mean? so, but knowing that that about myself and just accepting that, like, and and I'm thankful for that because Mel is really good at buying gifts. So, in in that sense, like. I'm able to kind of just release that to her and I'm okay with it. And she kind of does that, you know, for us. So it, it helps. It helps out a lot. One, knowing who you are first. And then when it comes to accepting is what does that really, what does that really look like? What does acceptance really look like? One other thing that came to mind for me too was, okay. So if acceptance is one thing, I mean, what's the complete opposite what of that? Is the, yeah.
1: What is It is, well, obviously, non-acceptance.
2: Non-acceptance.
1: <laughs> but what is involved with non-acceptance is
2: resistance. Yeah, I think of resistance.
1: And I would say there could be some level of judgment or evaluation or some kind of, not criticism, but where you're, Grading yourself. Comparing yourself? Comparing yourself, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, things. I think that these are other perhaps thoughts or emotions or constructs of feelings that would not be present if one accepts oneself. But it's a really interesting question. And I think what's fascinating about all 14 of these, and as we get into them, at the surface level we really think we understand those things but we kind of i think are only scratching the surface of understanding them i always run into this issue that we don't have the right words to describe some nuances of these words feelings i'm i'm not no it's not so much feelings but It's like you have a sense and a knowing for something, but you really don't have the right words for them because I don't think the right words actually exist. So I think in a very broad spectrum of understanding that these words represent a very narrow understanding and definition, but life is so gray and broad and diverse and varying that there are variations of definitions of a word that might need to be talked about, and this is a first example. So at its most basic level, as we discuss this word, I think of it as simple terms as, I'm okay with these things right. that I am. So I look at the acceptance as being kind of a state of mind that knowing who I am and knowing sort of what I'm about in the world I'm very accepting, fully accepting and understanding that as a spiritual being, I'm perfect. But I'm more than a spiritual being. I am also a human being. And with the human being, I have this complex matrix of stuff, of characteristics, of abilities, of the way I am that is not necessarily. It's perfect in the way it's constructed, but sometimes does not get expressed perfectly. Or in a non-spirit, it gets expressed, let's say, more from ego. And so, therefore, can I accept those times where maybe my ego self, my small self, and not my higher self is behaving in a way that might actually hurt somebody unintentionally or intentionally, or expressed in a way that in some how it doesn't serve me. And am I accepting of that? Can I be okay with that? So I think of this broad sense of acceptance, it does mean that regardless of what one does, one can continue and still accept themselves. However we do it. So my sort of inward model at the moment is that I accept myself for who I am as a spiritual being and essentially God manifested in a human, okay? So what can be higher or better than that? So I accept that part of me fully and whatever happens outside of that, I accept it for what it is. I may not accept the action, but I simply discern that the action, I don't judge it. I just discern that the action is what it is and am aware that it was not in my best interest or someone else's best interest and maybe some harm followed and I apologize and I ask for forgiveness and I put love back out there and I am appreciative of the opportunity to do that and move on. It's kind of like my way of dealing with the human side of acceptance, if that makes sense. And by the way, for our listening audience, we are not sitting here as doctorates of psychology in any stretch of the imagination, but for me, I'm honestly exploring and expressing this particular idea simply live on this podcast. And that's kind of what makes it kind of fun.
2: Yeah. One of the things that that comes to mind for me is that you know, acceptance, it is a process in terms of accepting ourselves for who we are and kind of where we're, we're at at any given time in our lives. I think one one thing to be mindful of or that can show up is, you know, you, you had brought up kind of judgment. And there are a lot of times where, I mean, if we're judging ourselves then we're not fully accepting ourselves. So I think that's a place where you kind of start but as you as you accept yourself you almost have to be you have to be confident in that in terms of who you are and putting that out there in the world right and and I think you know this podcast is an example of that for me in terms of just being able to express myself you know through through this type of format never thought I'd be doing this but you know, there's been some resistance for me to kind of put it out there and talk to people and tell them that I'm doing a podcast. And I think naturally, or when I think about that, and I ask myself as to why, it might be because, well, you know, what are people going to think? Are they going to judge me, right? I mean, and so I think those thoughts reiterate the fact that I haven't fully accepted myself in terms of what I'm doing here with, with the podcast, in my opinion, I don't know I don't know if you could kind of you know add or put any other insight to that, but for those in our our listening audience, if you're in a situation where, where you're saying, yeah, you know what I accept myself for who I am, but you're not truly going out there in the world and you're trying to shine your light. I mean we talked about that a little bit with unique ability. then I would say no, you haven't you're, you're still in that process, but you haven't fully accepted yourself for who you are because you're not going out there cuz you're 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 hiding. You're yeah, you're you're so hiding. Why would
1: a person hide? Yeah. Think about it.
2: Yeah. Right? What do you be,
1: what do you what do you have to hide that you don't want someone to see?
2: Or if you're scared of something. Yeah. Right? Like back to what you're saying is if you truly believe that you know like I do, God made me made me for a reason, right? I'm here to kind of manifest God's love into the world. If you truly believe that then you need to ask yourself, how are you doing that? Yes. And are you doing that
1: without fear of judgment? Right, that's a great point. We could really look at our behavior and look at how we live and probably draw a pretty good conclusion whether we really truly are accepting, fully accepting the whole of who we are. That could be a real wake up call. For people, so thanks for sharing that. That would that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, some things that come to mind are like people that say you're at home and you're you're comfortable with your loved ones, your family, your friends, and you like you dance. Yeah, no, you (laughs) dance or you sing, right? Right. But when you go out there and you're like at a place where you have the opportunity to dance and sing, sing, but but you don't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Have you fully accepted the fact that no, you're you're a dancer or you you love singing like yeah. so why aren't you doing it right. out there? So
1: you know that's pretty that's pretty interesting. I got a little story there. What you got? Well, you know, in Kundalini yoga which I would have never believed was true in this respect, but when we go through these different Kriyas and mantras and chants. We kind of like, we, we kind of do this flow of a practice. One of the things that is important, we generate, we generate, I mean, Kundalini is all about energy rising. And so everything is kind of designed towards kind of like igniting the chakras and kind of bringing this greater energy up through the chakras, out the crown chakra and kind of really get it out there in the world and stuff like that. And you can,
2: through sometimes, your body, yeah,
1: through your sometimes body. You can—I mean—you can really feel it. It's like an electricity. It's—it's it's really quite incredible. What one of the things that they do to help kind of distribute the energy and kind of like, I guess, diffuse it, maybe to some degree, so it's not held in too long, is we end up doing these this dancing, and it's like literally freestyle dancing. If you can picture. I'm trying to picture it right now. No, seriously. To, it would be, smile to my someone face. Someone ought to videotape this at some point in time in our studio. So the studio is one, uh, the studio, the Kundalini um, studio that we go to, I'm going to guess is probably something like maybe 25, 25 feet by maybe, let's just say it's 30 by 20 feet. One big room. The teacher sits on a slightly raised platform which they can move around so it's not small because sometimes they've got to demonstrate and do their thing. Sometimes they get down to the floor. But I would say we can get maybe, gosh, I've never really counted a full house. Like last studio or the last class we went to, I literally was, there was no space in the main floor, the main kind of floor area that we would practice. So there's a little hallway leading out to this back door and between one end of the hallway and the back door is the bathroom door, okay? And in this hallway, they have a bench where they have things stored and then they have all these racks where they have the yoga mats and things like that. And so I just literally parked myself in the hallway. That is where I actually did my dancing because there was literally nowhere to dance and my mat was partially in there and my mat was partially in the regular part of the studio. But I'm going to say there has to be 35, maybe 40, people possibly in that room packed in like sardines dancing. (laughs) And we've done it two different ways. One way is we're encouraged to like move around. So all of us have to like get into this consciousness of flow that we're not bumping into each other. And so I would love to see what this looks like from above. And so all of a sudden we'll like start out dancing in our own little space and then someone will start moving and then we'll all kind of like start spreading and moving in these different directions, and it, like it looks ants. like this like crazy little like, <laughs> snake-like, ant-like flow, it's really, it's, and I've always been very self-conscious about my dancing, always, I mean, I love music, and I, I've always considered myself having a good rhythm, but I've never really danced publicly, and so I had to really get over this, and so I just kind of let it go, and I probably do look like a complete idiot. I have no idea. But I try to emulate other people and I try to like just find like what the right groove is for me. But it's been a very freeing experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm kind of at a point now. I would say that I never accepted myself to be able to do that in public. But here I gotta do it. Well, I just wonder like if I ever get like go to the next wedding or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get up there and like do it like I'm sort of doing it. And Own the it. music, but the cool yeah. thing is the music is awesome. So, yeah, I've got to get you the playlist because I know you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I mean, that's kind of interesting as I think about it from an ex- acceptance standpoint.
2: Sure. I I think for a next step for, I think, all of us is to play some music, stand in front of the mirror, and just just let your body move. Yeah, And just exactly. accept, this is the
1: way I move. Don't you wonder, like, <laughs> you know? I know, right don't you wonder like people that have like accomplished such great things in the world and that are true leaders i got to believe that they've like really understood this kind of stuff and i would think that they would have this strong sense of these three things that we're really talking about but i and i would think from an acceptance standpoint They would have to learn, even those that are like forever in the public eye, would have to have learned the art of self acceptance to kind of get through it all. Right. Mm -hmm. It's certainly, without a doubt, a big construct to live a life of well being. It really, it really is. So, anyways, that was a little bit of a tangent, but no thing from there. Thanks yeah. for sharing Mark.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, with acceptance, I think one other thing that comes to mind for me is you know, accepting the fact that we're not we're not perfect like we make mistakes. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. And and are you okay? Like I think that's a way to kind of measure right. like how much you're accepting yourself is in terms of like when you make a mistake, like how hard do you beat yourself up about it? Yeah. And how long does it that the thought of that mistake, like stay with you. Right. You know what I mean? To exactly. be able to kind of let it go and just accept it for what it is. I messed up, but then just being able to move past, past it, like it doesn't define who you are, right? So
1: what else comes to mind for you, Mark? Acceptance. What else on acceptance? Well, as you were sharing that little piece there, as far as knowing that we're not perfect, One of the things that I've always wondered about is how world leaders that end up making decisions that result in the death of thousands or tens of thousands of people. I often wonder how do they reconcile that? How do they accept that? It's an interesting, that's a deep question. I know. I've always wondered that now, you know, you look at, at the wide range of, world leaders and some that we would label as dictators and bad actors and et cetera, et cetera, but the reality is is that on some level they're doing the same thing that any world leader is doing. Whether it's, I mean, you know, there's like the quote unquote justified war or the unjustified war, but war is war and you're making a decision and either way the result is the same. And, and, it, and it can't be fully justified by necessarily, can it always be fully justified by a cause? Unless you're defending yourself personally and death is as a result. So I just, I've always wondered about that.
2: I just think, I I imagine that they, it all comes down to the story that they tell themselves. Because at some point, I imagine that they are accepting of it because they're they're giving the okay the green light or you know they they're doing whatever that
1: is and so and so aside from the moral implication of an action as a best practice let's say to help with the acceptance of those things that you do is storytelling and kind of convincing yourself Of That this is okay? That this is okay? That it was the right thing to do.
2: Is that okay? Is that okay? I don't know if if it's whether or not it's okay or not. Is the
1: process okay from the standpoint of getting you to live with yourself and accepting what you've done? Because the real question, because let's just say that you, I mean, I'm using this as an extreme example that most human beings don't deal with. Okay, where you're literally part of the your actions, decisions, resulting in the death of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. And you know it. And you know it. And you know,
2: it. and you know it's going to. Yeah. Make, okay.
1: End of World War II, perfect example. I mean, a decision was made to drop the, the bomb. Yeah. Yeah, on two cities in Japan. And... How does one, yeah, I don't know. But, but again, aside from judging or from discerning that something tragic as it can possibly be occurred, for those of us that are just in normal seats in the world, working our day jobs, running a business, whatever we're doing, doing a podcast, writing a book, trying to change the world, being a visionary change maker. I don't know, whatever it is. Well, how do we, in our little tiny world of ours, do things that can help us with acceptance? Is it an okay thing to tell ourselves a story? And what kind of story is okay to do that? Are we suffering and giving something up when we sort of, I'm gonna use the term loosely, brainwash ourselves, Like something we did, let's just say. Or is it just a matter of simply forgiving regardless of the immensity of the transgression or the mistake or the bad judgment or whatever one does because at the end of the day it comes down to this individual thing for each of us that we're gonna mess up and we're gonna do something and it's all relevant or relative you know in terms of its intensity to whatever i mean some of us can feel as devastated as maybe you can imagine one making the decision to drop an atom bomb and the consequences of that. It may sound crazy, but maybe I mean we know of people, and we may know personally know people that suffer greatly inside because of some tragedy that occurred. That was monumental to this person, and they can't get through it. They can't accept themselves for what they did. I mean, that's what psychologists and therapists and and the like deal with every day. Yeah, you know, to a large degree. So, to help provide tools for individuals that are having a hard time accepting themselves, I think would be a cool thing. And so, I'm kind of bringing it up to kind of say and ask the question, can you think of times in your life where you did something that was very, very difficult for you to accept but ultimately you had to accept it or maybe you still haven't accepted it? Can you think of anything like that and what you used to personally kind of get through and get to the other side of non-acceptance to acceptance? Hmm, That is a great question. I
2: mean, I touched on this, many a times in other episodes, but I just say just going back to and focusing on spiritual growth and who you are in terms of where you, in terms of spirit. I think that's that's where it starts. You know, there's that whole like, you know, as a Christian, you know, there's that phrase like let go and let God, right? That's something that comes to mind for me is you just got to let let God do the work, and I think when when I say that, it's it's a matter of us reconnecting with the God that's within us, right? Our relationship with God, and I think through that, there is, I think that's where forgiveness, that's where peace, that's where a lot of those other you know those things come from to kind of to help, hopefully alleviate some of those things because you know as you were talking about that a tool that we could use to see where we're not accepting of ourselves and or others or situations i think has to do with just look at your life right now and and just look at the areas where you where there's some sort of suffering because back to you know resistance when i think of resistance A lot of times in in my life, when I've resisted anything, there's some, some sort of suffering around that, some sort of pain, some sort of anger. And it's in those moments, it's in those situations, it's in those people where I could look back at it now and it's because I wasn't accepting of the situation for what it is, for who they are, for who I am. I
1: mean, it just goes
2: around. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the the tool that you're referring to that, or the exercise or dealing with it, can you expound on that in terms of getting through that?
2: Tools that I use, prayer. Okay. Yeah, prayer. Let me think of an a specific situation. You know, I would say as a dad, there's a lot of, suffering that I go through because I don't accept the way my kids act sometimes the way they are, you know, I try to control, you know, like I want them to be a certain way. Like I have these expectations, right, right, right or wrong. I think, you know, as a dad, I just, you know, I, I come into the the father son relationship with, with some of that, you know, I, I think about the struggles that I can have as a parent and, you know, whenever Mel and I we have those struggles, we always sit down and we talk about it afterwards and we try to talk through it and we we try to come up with healthier ways to deal with certain situations when it comes to our, our boys. You know, and, and, and I think a lot of that is, you know, for me, it really does come down to just accepting like hey, they're gonna do what they're gonna do, but I only have control over how I react to it. It's true. And being a role model, what else can you do? Yeah, I mean that's it. it really comes down to the, to that, right? Like, yep. and it's funny because not funny, but I'm sure as all parents, when you see your kids and they do certain things, and you see yourself in them, and you're like, man, I can't believe he said that or he he did that or he acted like that, but I totally see myself acting like that. So. I don't know if that answers your your question, but you know, taking taking a step back and just re, reassessing those situations where there there is suffering, and and I think that's where maybe therapy can help out. as you have someone that you can just talk to, and just express how you're feeling, why you're feeling that way, and we just need sometimes sometimes we just need somebody there to just kind of listen as we process those things ourselves. And I think through that, we, we ultimately find the answers within us, especially if you're coming from a place of spirit too, right? Because I always, when, when I get mad at my boys, I mean, a lot of that has to do with kind of like just my, my ego, like I'm trying to defend something or, you know, I'm trying to like- It's a
1: small self coming yeah, through. Yeah,
2: put something on to them, whatever that might be. But bringing that awareness and accepting the fact that, like you'd mentioned, we do have that ego- We do have that spirit within us yeah. and they're complete opposites, but accepting that, but then also acknowledging and being aware of when each one of those is coming through. And a lot of times when I see my ego coming through, I like I see it and just having the ability to be able to check yourself like that's not truly who I am.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that as we're kind of grappling with this issue of acceptance for the things that we do. I think the big one is when we do go off the rails, and there's an episode or an incident, because overall, I might think I'm pretty cool with accepting myself, but it's when something occurs in which I go off the rail, and I know I've gone off the rail, and if I have hurt somebody, or I've done something that has hurt myself. My biggest go-to is really this cleaning method, which once again, I know the name of it, but can never remember how to pronounce it. it begins with an H. The hopo, Hopacono or something like that. Anyways, this is a particular technique from an individual who... I believe was a psychologist in a prison, possibly in Hawaii, maybe on Oahu or something. Maybe in Honolulu, I'm not sure. Is it that
2: book you're referencing? Yeah, okay, yeah. I've talked about it before read? in the podcast. Yeah.
1: But basically it goes like this, where you just kind of hold a person or people that maybe you've brought some harm to, or you've in some way compromised, or whatever the case may be, you feel bad. Or and you're not accepting of the action. And you discern you're not accepting of the action, but you don't want it to sort of like become something where you are really not accepting of who you are. And that is to say the following words. It could be in any order of these phrases can come in any order, it doesn't matter. But my order is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you, thank you. And I will say it over and over and over again. And there is a real cleansing effect That it has. And it helps me with my ability to come back and accept myself for who I am, both the spiritual side, which seems to not be an issue for me, but sometimes the physical ego persona of who I am can be a little bit problematic from an acceptance standpoint when I go off the rails. And so this really helps. And I might say it 20 times, I might say it 30 times. I just keep truthfully, my my model is my how I conduct the exercise is I say it until I'm starting to feel relief. And when I start feel relief and I get to the point where I feel enough relief, I then let go of it. I just now accept and let it go. And most of the time I'm good from that point forward. So that's been a very effective tool for me. And the book will be in the show notes for those that want to do a little more reading or research on it. There's probably a website for this particular practice as well. But good conversation here on acceptance. Hopefully it's been somewhat helpful and insightful and brought some awareness to each of you that are listening. Absolutely. Do you have any closing? I don't know if I have any more to really share on the word acceptance, but it's certainly going to be still top of mind for me as we kind of continue forward with our work and wanting to know where I'm at with that, you know, in my own life. How about you, my friend? Any closing thoughts or
2: just that it's acceptance for me is it's a process and it's an ongoing process because things are continuing to change. We we ourselves are continuing to change. So you could be accepting of yourself for the way you are right now, but you know, we change. And so you, we have to continue to accept ourselves is it basically what it, what it comes down to for me.
1: Exactly. It's probably, it's a lifelong focus yeah. for sure. And it will help to maintain a state of well-being and a sense of well-being, the whole self. And we wish that for all of you, that you have a greater sense of well-being, possibly as a result of this episode and hopefully as a result of this podcast. And we thank you for listening. And we look forward to bringing more to you in the next episode. Till the next episode, everyone.
0: Some of the concepts and tools used in the process of helping you discover a more balanced and inspired life are provided by the Kinder Institute, Money Quotient, and the Strategic Coach. These may be referenced throughout different episodes of the podcast, and you can learn more about each of them in our show notes at hwph.org. You can also find more information about the work Mark and Aries do at sandiegowealth.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and available directly via email with feedback, questions, and more at us at hwph.org. Thank you all for listening.